0: Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM, Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I'll acknowledge sometimes it's difficult to, like, remember what the world was like in 2010 or something. You know, I have difficulty, like, placing things like that. But I don't remember a time when you couldn't talk politics at the workplace, you you couldn't remember a time. No, no, no without really having a problem. Without, oh, without, oh, okay. With, that, okay. That, that politics was not divisive to the point that. Um, Even the mention of something starts you down this rabbit hole of, yeah, but what abouts?
1: But let's go back to to 2010. I don't think as many people were as open to talking about politics as they are today. They wouldn't
0: volunteer that information.
1: No, you just kind of, you know, all right, and you kind of moved on.
0: You didn't know how people voted. You didn't know who they, uh, what they thought about for president, et cetera. You you worked with them. That's all you did.
1: But, but now, and I know that Facebook has been around for a hot minute, but really? now you're, you're friends with a lot of coworkers online. You mm-hmm. see what their political leans are. But I'm wondering at the the workplace, how often do you talk about politics? Do do you talk about it a lot? Do you try to run the other way or do you just kind of like what do you say uh keep your head down low, treat it like a a fire treat it like
0: hotel fire, keep your head down, don't use the elevators, uh, yeah, stay low to the ground. Stop, drop and roll. And
1: <laughs> uh we have to talk about politics, There's right? That. It's it's part of our job, but For most of you listening right now, it's not part of yours. So I wonder how many people talk about politics at the office. Well, Glassdoor Mm. survey came out and said 60% of employees believe talking politics at work is unacceptable. All right, good. Unacceptable. All right. Yeah, but about 60% of them do it.
0: Okay. So do as I say, not as I do. That's exactly what that is. Really? Well, but here's what I hear. Don't talk about politics I don't agree with. Well, yeah, that's right?
1: it. Or, or what will happen? I, I would assume a lot of times is you'll get two people who are in agreement, whatever that may be, ideology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and somebody passes by who's not in agreement, and there, there's it the problem. Uh, in this survey, they also found that having conversations about politics is a lot more common today than it was. Four years
0: ago. Okay. Okay. So it is becoming more common, and I got to believe that that you know the, the companies have a variety of uh, uh policies, you know, and uh, the employee manual, and you're going to start seeing some some people insert this into no discussion of politics at work. Um, can I tell you that one of the things I found most interesting, and maybe in this day and age, the age of Trump or Obama, I don't know when it started necessarily, um, like ignorance was bliss. You didn't know the person in the cubicle next to you was an absolute lunatic. Like You, you, they, you say they, an
1: absolute lunatic. They, they seemed reasonable. They don't have to be an absolute <laughs> lunatic.
0: Well, it, then they start posting things online like, oh, my God, you think the earth is flat, too?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where I, I we've gotten to a point where we can't even have conversations about differences and understand that, you know what? That's OK. You have your opinion. I have mine. And let's move on and work together. I think people have become so entrenched in their beliefs and they feel like if you don't agree with their beliefs, then you are personally attacking them.
0: Yeah. But, and I've never quite understood that. Also, the idea that uh, um, uh, you feel the need to defend somebody you don't know and have never met. Like, why do you feel the need to defend them? I can tell you it is so much easier, Pamela. To go through life, for example, not having a presidential candidate to defend. It is fantastic. I don't, I don't, I take no slights. I don't care what you say about any other ones. And by the way, I never would have defended them anyway. They're perfectly capable of defending themselves. You have a problem with them? Take it up with them. What the hell am I supposed to be doing about this? I'm not a surrogate for them. I'm not, I'm not paid to argue their points. Who cares? And I think that one of the things you come down to is it's less a discussion and it seems to be more about you have to change somebody's mind. That never works. I mean, and it, never! It,
1: whether it's politics, whether it is personal choices, whether it's lifestyle. You can't
0: get them to change their toothpaste, for God's sakes. You know? I don't know about you Colgate people. You really need to move over to Dentine. I- yeah, we'll Colgate till I die.
1: <laughs> it's strange but some people like will dig their heels in over. But yeah, I mean, politics at the workplace, I don't really understand what the benefit of that would be. There used to be those topics that you just didn't discuss openly. Mm-hmm. Politics was one of them. Money, religion, another. Now there, there's, there's no, you know, uh, there's nothing as sacred, so to speak. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. The bad thing for me, because uh, frankly, I believe that you should be able to talk about anything, and so, you you know, if you want to talk about talk politics, talk about politics. But the key word there is talk. Don't argue. Don't fight. Don't demean. Don't put down. And if you can't talk, then zip it.
0: Yeah, uh, Nicole hit me on the Twitter and said one of the problems are and I wouldn't disagree with this is you can't agree on facts and so my whole thing is, is if we don't agree on established facts well then we don't have anything to talk about I wish you best of luck you right, the earth is flat and whatever you want to believe that's great we don't agree on gen- just absolutely provable facts then we have nothing to talk about
1: well maybe maybe you're not having conversations in the workplace about politics because well you don't have a job right now and you're out looking for one if you want to up your chances of getting a job and apparently there are You know, a lot of jobs out there. The new jobs report came out this morning. It was really good. And unemployment eh, pretty much stayed flat. I think it ticked up a little bit, but it's minuscule. Uh, If you're on the hunt for a new job, you may want to cut back on the time spent posting on social media. We've got a new study out that says that people who come across as conceited, self-absorbed, or post frequently with strong opinions on controversial topics are, you guessed it, less likely to be hired.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm more surprised at those that would be surprised of that. Because you have to pretty much imagine that uh, anytime you apply for a job or you're being considered for a job, um, think of it like a Tinder date. They are going to Google your name and try to figure out everything they can that's online about you before they ever meet you. And what is that image you are projecting? What, what what are they going to find? What's going to be, you know, think about it when you do a Google search. What, what shows up on the first page? What's on the second page? What is your first page when you Google you?
1: There hasn't been a lot of research done on how negative social media can influence a, a person's chances of being hired. Okay. So this research team, they wanted to, to investigate the effects of, of like some common negative characteristics that if you go to your Facebook page right now, mm-hmm. you would
0: see. Okay. These are the
1: three common negative characteristics characteristics Ooh. that they are taking right, a look at that will lower your chances of getting hired.
0: I'm looking at mine right now. Let's see if I how many I hit. Drugs? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Like doing them? Yeah, I'm guessing like if you're doing beer bongs or smoking the weed on your on your social media page, you're yeah, I, th- I don't have any of that. Strong opinions. I've got some strong opinions. You think? For, can I give you one? This is my opinion. You're volunteer it. Okay. I thought I was a good person. Uh, but the way I react to people who drive slow in the left lane suggests otherwise. That's a strong opinion. I would opinion. hire you just because of that. Really? Yeah, That's my strong no, opinion that, yesterday. You
1: know what? And I like that strong opinion. I identify with strong that strong opinion. opinion. I see a little bit of myself in that okay. opinion. So you're hired. I
0: thought I was a good
1: person. Okay, you were hired. Okay. Um, so drugs, yeah. strong opinions,
0: opinions. Conceitedness. Mm, conceitedness. You're better than everyone else. Well, I know that inherently, but oh, I don't geez. know if i necessarily show it.
1: Okay. Well, you know what? You just kind of canceled out Oh, did that not work? the strong opinion with the conceitedness. Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, you know what? Six- I like to think I'm funny online. Everybody likes to think they're funny. I know they do.
1: Whether or not they actually are, that's a different story. Well, it was
0: either that or really good looking. So I went with funny.
1: Mm. No comment. Ouch. Okay. But I think that these are just important factors to kind of keep in mind. Um... So many more people have social media sites. You know, when, when you're a hiring manager, you're not just looking you know, for somebody who is going to do a job. Yes, Obviously. doing the job is important. You have to have the ability to do the job for which you've applied for because Basic that's skills. what I'm paying you to do. But there's also the culture of the company that is critical. And if you get the wrong person Ooh, in that company, it can really upset the balance and the culture can have a detrimental impact. So now social media is a great way for companies to take a look at it and go, hmm, do we think that this person would fit into the culture we're trying to create? And that doesn't
0: mean necessarily that you agree or disagree with them using the politically like we talked about that has more to do with how do you express that? right? Because it is unreasonable to think that you're going to find any workplace or whatever where everybody is in lockstep on every issue. Of course not. But how do you express and deal with a people you don't agree with or that says more about who you are as a person. And that is that culture I think you talk about. Like, can you get along? I think people might be surprised to find you talk about like, we can't get away from politics here. But you might be surprised. I don't, and I don't know if this is surprised me. We don't talk politics in the hallways around oh, no. here. No, like it, I, don't no, into, no. I don't walk into I don't walk into the 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 Gatos and Chad show and go. Somebody, else. we don't talk. No, no. we avoid everybody the around only, here just because we're
1: sick of it. Well, but, but I mean, the <laughs> only reason why is when there's like breaking news or we've got a plan for a presidential debate or things. We 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 talk about like the procedures, not. The content, so to speak, right. And frankly, outside of this building, fr- outside of the studio, if you're out, you know, it's Friday night, it's the weekend, whatever it may be, you're hanging out with your friends or stuff. Anybody starts bringing up politics, I I like. Oh well, look, I gotta like go to the, the bathroom. Oh, I do it all oh, the time. Hey, I hear Riley. Yeah, like, bail like, mm-hmm. out. This is not well, and, gonna. End and they well. tend to
0: want to talk to us about it all the time too. Like you're paying attention to this. I go, no, I'm not. No. But I
1: get so frustrated no. be, because there's so much that you and I have to consume on a daily basis, and, and I don't expect others to have that, that amount. Yeah, so role. you're like, do you find, like yes, but,
0: yeah. yes, That's but. And it just
1: doesn't end well. That's
0: not true. That's not true. Okay, let's move on. How about the weather? Goodness, it's cold outside. Well, this is really good dip. The thin blue line, is that what happened up in Aurora, Colorado? And should a police department just do the right thing? saint james and pamela hughes it's it's disappointing and that might be putting it mildly there is a body cam video of an aurora colorado police officer in uniform uh armed with his with his his revolver sitting in his squad car the sun's. Up. I'm going middle of the day. I don't know. Yeah, it I mean it's like not in middle of the night. It is the middle of the day. He is unconscious with his foot on the brake in the middle of the road.
1: Yeah. And so you've got a squad car, police officer slumped behind the wheel of that squad car. What happened? Somebody calls the police, right? You know, officers show up and in the body camera footage, you can hear an officer say, I think he's a little intoxicated.
0: Literally. All right. Like the old I smell alcohol, right?
1: But there was no evidence taken at the scene, no blood test, no field sobriety test. We did, though, call the paramedics. They came. Officers didn't mention the smell of alcohol to the fire department. Hmm. They transported the officer to the hospital because they thought that either he may have had a stroke oh, yeah. or think about what officers come into contact. Fentanyl, right? Could've you hear it about your like, skin, the, right? like you you get, you know, a small grain of it. Sure. And, and we're looking into an overdose situation at this point in time. So taken to the hospital and at the hospital part of their protocol is to take blood right and in that blood it came back that this officer was not once not twice but five times over the legal limit and he still has a job why does he have a job the hospital took the blood not the officer
0: inadmissible
1: And it's his private health information, so it cannot be included. This is the district attorney in Colorado.
0: I think this became, we don't want to know. We don't want to get evidence that might show what we suspect. I don't think that's a cover-up, but it's a couple blocks from it. This became (laughs) an ignorance is bliss moment. I think this became, we don't want to know. We don't want to get evidence that might show what we suspect. There were eight Aurora police officers who responded to the scene, even though, even though on body cam they say they they were suspicious of or thought alcohol was there. None of them told anyone that they smelled alcohol, and basically treated it like he was having a medical emergency. Not that he was five times the legal limit drunk. You know
1: what has just become. so apparent to me, and I think this week has been a fantastic example of it. Adults are hypocrites. Adults are hypocrites. We as adults, we as parents are constantly trying to teach our children, at least I know I am. Riley, if you see something wrong, if you see a kid who's being bullied or picked on, stand up for him. Step in. Do the right right thing. thing, Even if no one's watching. Do the right. It's called character. Yes. And Be a leader, not a follower. In this situation, all eight of those officers knew what the right thing was to do. Mm -hmm, As far mm -hmm. as right and wrong, it would be right to take evidence at the scene because you have an officer who's in uniform with a gun in a squad car, drunk as the day is long, in like in the middle of the day, You could have hurt somebody Well, and, and, and you chose not to.
0: Well, let me let me let me even go. If you don't think, you know, all cops are heroes and we shouldn't do anything to cops, fine. And the, and and the whole idea behind the thin blue line that these officers can't turn in a cop because then somebody's not there when they need backup. If you are five times the legal limit. In uniform, in a squad car, unconscious in your squad car in the middle of the street, in the middle of the day, you have a problem. You have an addiction issue, right? That doesn't just happen. You didn't get that way by accident. You know, like, I thought I was drinking a two-liter bottle of Pepsi. It was Jack Daniels. You
1: didn't have a a burger with a beer at
0: lunch. Exactly. They won't even address address the idea that one of their officers... Is obviously battling alcoholism. That's like the the kind person in me saying this guy needs treatment. He needs help.
1: I mean, it wasn't a beer; it was pretty much a bottle of bourbon. I'm surprised the guy's alive. Mm-hmm. Five times the legal limit could,
0: could have killed him. Could yeah, have we saw him. we
1: saw it with our lawmakers too, right? Acting like children at the uh, State sure. of the Union address, adults do the right thing. We're a bunch of hypocrites. Uh, your Phoenix area Subaru retailers, KTAR News, want to send you on an Arizona adventure. Text Adventure to 411923 to enter to win one of four Arizona adventures, including a hiking tour of the Grand Canyon. Subaru, go where love takes you.
0: Should your company go online and publish everyone's salary, including yours? Just use your first name, by the way. First name uh, and last name initial. For the whole world to see. For your co-workers to see. Good idea, bad idea. We're talking about it next on Arizona's News Station. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. So there's a company out there called Buffer. All right? It's a small kind of a tech company. Manages social media accounts. And for years now, they have been publicly publishing the salaries of every single employee. They say it ensures fairness and gender parity. But do you think you, thinking about where you work, would you be okay with the posting of everyone's salary? I would. Would you? No. Why? Uh, I think it leads to more problems than it would ever solve. Okay. And I think that uh, – here's where I would put it. Um, the the adult conversations, as I like to refer to them as people, when I was a boss, uh, when they would come in and ask for raises and in any way, shape, or form allude to what somebody else makes. And I said, well – uh, uh This is is not socialism. Uh, Some people have more value than others. And uh, careful what you wish for. Because if you want me to tell you that you want to make as much as they do, well, I think they're a more valuable employee than you are.
1: Okay. What if you had an individual, all right, who... Saw that, you know, person A made more than they did. Mm -hmm. All right. And they came to you with the value that they brought the company. And it it wasn't just a, hey, I saw that person makes more money and I want more money. But the person came to you and said, the value that I bring to the company is this. The value of the company that I bring is this. I see this individual is making more. And I feel like the value that I bring is comparable. Maybe not the same but more so than what I'm making now, and have that discussion. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that's a bad thing to have.
0: I think the problem is that no one is going to come in saying, you know what, I think I make too much. I took a look at what other people around here make, and I'm obviously overpaid. But that's not the point of it. So the that's idea the is to do it. nothing but everybody gets a raise to what? The, what the highest paid person's working?
1: No, because I agree with you. Not everybody is worth the same.
0: The, the story that just I sticks... I would argue almost no two people are worth the same.
1: The story that sticks in my head is you are familiar with Morning Joe on MSNBC. Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. uh,
0: The the TV show. Yes, Morning
1: Joe. Joe. Um, Mika Brzezinski wrote a book, and it's called Know Your Value. And ladies, if you've struggled with negotiating at your job or knowing your value to get the raise, pick up the book. It's a game changer. What I learned in the book was Mika almost left morning, Joe. She was a a tremendous asset to it. Um, And she almost left because she and Joe shared an office, kind of like you and I do, Mm -hmm. right? We're all in the same office. And he was talking to his agent. And they were all very open with one another. And she found out through the conversation that he had with his agent that he made more. And it wasn't that like, oh, he's making more than me. She recognized he should be making more than her. He was a bigger name. He created the show. He was the lead on it. He was driving
0: it. It's she called could, Morning Joe. <laughs> Correct. She <laughs> yeah. could
1: concede yeah. that he deserved to make more. Okay. How much more? Did he make twice as much? Did he make triple as much? Did he make five times as much? She found out that he made 14 times as much as she did. Mm-hmm. And she's like, wow, you devalue me so much. Does he deserve to make, I don't know, five times as much? Whatever it may be. She's like, I I could understand that, but 14 times as much I'm being taken advantage of. I think
0: the only thing, again, the danger, I'd say danger, just be prepared. Again, there's some adult conversations that may happen. If you go in and demand to, quote, be paid your worth, you may find out what your worth is to that company. Now, NBC, MSNBC, whatever, uh, the owner decided to... Change Mika's compensation do you, do you because know, she demanded it.
1: No. Do you know why they changed her compensation? She went in and she asked five times. They didn't meet it. She was ready to quit. Yeah. Joe Scarborough took his bonus from NBC and put it in her account without telling her. Because he saw that she was there was an investment in her.
0: Mm-hmm. That he saw the value.
1: He saw the value. His own personal money. She was offended by that. Like, I don't need a handout from you. But she kept it she then gained confidence Mm -hmm. to negotiate in a different capacity. Hence the reason why, you know, I'd recommend, and because in her book she also, it's not just I think there's this misconception that the higher up the ladder you get as a woman, the more confident you get with this stuff, and you don't. She she talked to Sheryl Sandberg, you know, from Facebook, uh, Nora Ephron, a filmmaker, uh, Valerie Jarrett, President Obama's senior advisor, Ariana Huffington, these women that have all gone through the same thing. But I think publishing salaries. I don't know why that is such a sacred cow. and we asked you on our open mic line, 602-200-2733. Would you be down for it? It happens in the public sector. Why not in the private? Yeah, this is Martin from Phoenix. I'm all in for it. Uh, That way people know what you get uh, paid. Uh, You are paid uh, for what you know and what you're worth.
0: I don't think they should have did that, dude. I know going in reviews when you at work, they give you a piece of paper and say, hey, keep it to yourself. And I remember one time when I worked at this nursing home, right? I was there for like four or five years. Uh And then I found out uh, what the people was making in front of me. Oh, man, the creative animosity, dude. (laughs) So here's, I I have a a, a UPS driver. Okay. Okay. Well, he said, don't use my name. I won't use your name. He listens all the time. By the way, we have a lot of delivery drivers listen. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So here is his uh, thing. Look at that. He has a piece of paper. It's like folded up. It looks like he carries it with him, right? <laughs> it's folded up here. And it says what the drivers make. It says what their wage, their pension, their health care, and their hourly and their yearly rate is. And he goes, we all make the same amount. You, This is UPS drivers. Uh, now, he pointed out he goes, we all know what everyone at UPS is making, depending on like what department you work in, what size truck you drive, or you work in the warehouse, et cetera. And I, he said, even though some drivers work more than others, we all get paid the same. And I was like, are you OK with that? And if you are, what's the incentive to work harder? If you My concern is in everybody works down to the lowest worker out there. What's the minimum I need to do to, get, to not get fired since we're all going to make the same amount? That's the
1: concern. That would never go through my mind. And if if you have an employee, if that's what goes through their mind, then they're not going to be an employee for you for very long. He
0: said very few drivers ever quit. Right. And and by the way, when you start seeing the numbers here at UPS, guys, the drivers making 115, 140 grand a year. Um, He put this, he goes, he goes, I got a guy that's been working here for 46 years. He started in high school. Good for him. Yeah, that's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, So, but they have a union. And that's how unions work, where here's the union scale. Everybody makes X. And uh, if you do this job, well, I've been doing this job for a year. You make X. You've been doing this job for 10 years. Nope, you still make X. That job is worth X. That is not the way a lot of people value themselves. You want to think that if you work harder, you're going to make more money or you bring more value, you're going to make more money. I think people want to think that. They
1: want to think that. But how many people feel like they're working hard and they're bringing value and still not making the money?
0: Well, I'll remind you of the, the, some of the lessons I learned from my dad, from Jose, who uh, I once told him I wasn't getting paid what I was worth. And he said, you're getting paid exactly what you're worth. And the minute someone's willing to pay you more, you're worth more.
1: Hey, you know what? We appreciate those phone calls on the open mic line brought to you by Carol Royce with Keller Williams Realty East Valley. The leader in Arizona real estate will get your home sold guarantee or should buy it for cash. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com.
0: Might be one of the reasons, though, why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Pamela says she can do that for you. It's coming up next on Arizona's news Station. KTAR News on 923 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. I acknowledge and admit I don't watch a lot of the morning TV, but I am familiar with Gail King, one of the hosts of CBS This Morning. Um, She is embroiled in some controversy that involves some very interesting names from Kobe Bryant to Lisa Leslie to Snoop Dogg probably a group that you would not normally lump together. But she is uh, getting some heat, I guess, after an interview she did with former WNBA player Lisa Leslie, who also happened to be a close friend of Kobe Bryant's. And what happened is, is she said that she had a relatively long interview with Lisa Leslie about a variety of things, right? In that interview, she asked Lisa Leslie specifically About the rape allegations, the case, going back to 2003 with Kobe Bryant.
2: It's been said that his legacy is complicated because of sexual assault charge, which was dismissed in 2003, 2004. Is it complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player? It's not complicated for me at all. Even if there's a few times that we've been at a club at the same time, Kobe's not the kind of guy, never been like, you know, please go get that girl or tell her or send her this. I have other NBA friends that are like that. Mm -hmm. kobes he he was never like that. Okay. So she's
1: giving a little bit of a, a character witness, so to speak.
0: Can I just say that I'm, I've never been re- overly comfortable with those things. So the few times she went to a bar with Kobe Bryant, he didn't attempt to sexually assault somebody. Okay, that's the old uh, you. You live next door to a serial killer, and you. Go, I don't understand. He's a serial killer. He didn't try to kill me.
1: Well, that's her experience, and she's entitled to it, right?
0: But yeah. I wouldn't expect Kobe Bryant in public to act inappropriately.
2: Is it even a fair question to talk about it, considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful um, at this time. All right. Again,
1: her opinion, and she's more than entitled to it. Mm-hmm. But the opinions of others that have come out at Gail King, given that CBS has released just a small snippet yeah. of that interview, which is what they do. You know what I mean? They're promoting this interview. Sure. Some producer picked some cut. It got put into uh, a commercial mm-hmm. and it goes to the masses, whether it be in television, whether it be on social media, whether it be on YouTube, whatever it may be, it gets out there. But it was taken out. of context
0: well people thought the entire interview was basically her questioning Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant's rape allegation.
1: and because it was taken out of context there's this massive backlash against Gail King and she's she's feeling it And, and and not only is she feeling it she's
2: upset by it I know that if I had only seen the clip that you saw I'd be extremely angry with me too I am mortified I'm embarrassed and I am very angry Uh, Unbeknownst to me, my network put up a clip from a very wide-ranging interview. totally taken out of context and when you see it that way it's very jarring
0: i don't think she has a ton to apologize for it it strikes me as like you know the person that writes the article versus the person that writes the headline for it's not always the same person Mm -hmm. you know if you looked a little deeper into this you'd find out that i don't think people to know that though right but she wasn't i don't think she was being disrespectful or in any way she performed and i think it's a valid question anyway still might be one of the reasons why you think we might be going to hang in a handbasket. Pamela, she we saw your feet in humanity.
1: Yeah, you know what they say, a picture is worth a thousand words, but in this case, you could take a video of a Nebraska teacher who got an unexpected gift from his students. A few weeks ago, you had Mr. Payne, and his basketball shoes were actually stolen from his classroom. Oh, and they were, uh, you know, the shoes that, that he uses to go play pickup games after school and was quite upset about it. Not only was he upset, so were his students. His students were, you know, insulted that somebody would do this to their beloved teacher. And they did something about it. They got together. These are middle schoolers. They got together and they raised the money to buy him new shoes. They wrote him a card. Mm-hmm. And they give him a bag. And he gotta open the card first, he opens okay. up the card. and then as he goes to open up the bag, he's like, "You guys are scaring me here.
2: Okay. Yes. Yeah.
1: Shaking his head. He starts crying.
2: Aww. Aww. Aww.
1: And now he's crying. We <laughs> made their teacher cry, cry <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was such an awesome moment yeah. uh, of students like doing the right thing. And it, it was more than a pair of shoes, it's about doing things to build everybody up around you. I try to show my kids this. I think that lesson has sunk in for many in a turn, reaffirming my purpose and my ideals.
0: Pamela, restoring your faith in humanity. Hey, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Pamela and I, we look through the double pane bulletproof class. We see DJ Tommy Tutone. We see Super Producers TVZ and Bob McClay.